Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, days, and gays. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. I'm trying to figure out my... Uh... There we go. That's what I wanted. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, happy... Oh, God, what, what is time anymore? Happy Monday. There we go. <laughs> uh, happy Monday to y'all. Hope you're all having a good one. Um, yeah, so finally, finally, finally... Uh, I want to go ahead and do my best and worst of of uh, 2023. I got a chance to watch a couple more things that I wanted to watch before I went ahead and put my final list together. So I'm really happy I got that done. So yeah, hell yeah, we're going to go ahead and just jump in here. But before I get into my best of, I wanted to go ahead and talk about a few things that are kind of grinding my gears a bit. So um I will start with the one that's probably irritating me the most. Uh, so the Grammys were last night. And uh, yeah, so Taylor Swift won uh, Album of the Year for um, for Midnight's. And, um, you know, I... This is only my second stream, and I was telling myself, like, don't don't go after Swifties. There's there's no good that'll come from this, but I can't help myself. <laughs> so I'm just gonna get this out of the way. I, I, I don't get it. I've listened to uh 1989, I've listened to folklore. Um, I've listened to a couple of albums actually, and I just I don't get it. I honestly don't understand. And the Closer I get to 40, the wonder the more I wonder if there's actually anything to get. Um, this is Elvis for me, honestly. This is Elvis all over again, where I look at her. Okay, so let me back up a little bit and uh let me take a sip of uh coffee here that's in uh, no way spiked with anything. Um oh, that's the stuff. Um, so okay. One thing I will say about Taylor Swift is I will always give her props for her work ethic. Um, I think her work ethic is fucking insane. Um, the fact that the music industry is so shitty that she has to, actually has to go through and re-record <laughs> all her music because of all the bullshit with the masters and everything, I think it's fucking insane. And the fact that that's the way the music industry works and people just kind of go, mm, that's how it is. Um, I think is fucking absurd. So I will give her all the credit in the world for her hustle and having uh, and being able to go back through and do that and have the motivation and the drive to go ahead and re-record everything. Nothing but respect on that end. With that said, um, <laughs> I I think what bugs me about her is not just her, but I think it's her fan base. And I, I'm not saying all Swifties. So before you all come with your torches and shit, calm down. It's the ones that that it's like it's Taylor and that's it. You know what I mean? And I mean that in the sense of their whole personality is Taylor Swift. And if you in any way criticize her, um, you know, you're anti-woman, you're anti-feminist. And it's weirdly, that weirdly kind of connects with one of my least favorite films of 2023. And I'll I'll get to that obviously here in a bit. But I think that I think for me, kind of the breaking point or the the, the last straw for me was when uh, the whole Kanye and uh, Kim Kardashian shit, that whole drama, and how Kim I and look I I have my issues with Kim Kardashian, you know, but um, the fact that the fact that she 
had receipts from Taylor going like, hey, you said this was cool. Like, and then she tried to sue. <laughs> she tried to fucking sue Kim Kardashian, which I had forgotten about. So I actually looked it up and I went, all right. So he proved you're a liar at best. And we're going to just move this aside. And it felt like she got she got no accountability um, for that. And you know if that was Kanye. Because, look, I love Kanye West as an artist. Um, actually, let me, let me rewind that back. I love Kanye eight years ago <laughs> as, as, an, as an artist. This, this Kanye now, I, I just, I, I don't even know who he is at, at this point, um, besides being a deadbeat parent. Um, but it's, it's frustrating when you see someone do something like that. And just no accountability. And that's before I get to the, um, to what's his name? Matt, uh, was it Matt Leary? Um, Matt Healy, uh, Matty Healy. Uh, the fact that that guy is apparently such a racist piece of shit, and that's who you're rolling with, that's who you're dating, that's who you're sleeping with. And look, I would, I would excuse it to an extent if she was like a brand new artist, but Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift, Beyonce is Beyonce. These women have, you know, all the resources in the world available to them, especially when it comes to their PR teams. Like, no one looked up, hey, this guy might be a little shady. Maybe you don't want to, you know. Um, it's it, it, And the way that she was really pretty silent on, you know, when people started bringing up the fact that he was an asshole. And that goes ahead and spins into her, her doing that remix with, uh, um, you know, with Ice Spice. And you look credit to Ice Spice in the sense of, you know, she has her own buzz. She has her own fans. She didn't really need Taylor's endorsement. She was doing just fine. But it does come very, it does come across like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm down with y'all. Look, look who I'm doing this remix with. So as a dude, and I, and I, and I will say this too. As a guy, it's just, it's been exhausting. <laughs> and now I'm seeing her on football games. And uh, look, I know they, they're saying, like, she's only been on screen for 45 seconds. I I, 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 I don't care. <laughs> I, I do not care. And that's before I get to everything with uh, SZA, where a lot of her fans were calling her Nizza. Like, wow, okay, racism. That's, you know, that's fucking cool. And that shit was just swept under the rug. And I just go, all right, like, at what point is enough enough? At what point are we going to actually, you know, hold her accountable for something? And look, I, I will not undercut the good she does. The fact that she brought in that the heiress tour brought in all this money and she was able to give, you know, those people bonuses. Props. Props on all of that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that she's not charitable. Um or anything like that. Um, so I, look, I, I, I'm giving her her props on 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 that on that front. But at the same time, kind of like with Dwayne Johnson, and I'm going to get to him in here in a second. Like, let's hold these people accountable. It's okay. Like, if you dig her music and you know her white music that you would hear when you're walking around Coles getting towels, if that you know if that speaks to you. Fucking awesome. Good good for you. But don't come at me going like you hate women because you hate Taylor. Like, how is one person tied to whole movement? 
Like that's insane. That's that's insane enough to me. Like just come on. Like you don't not one one person does not equate to a whole a whole movement. You know, I'm not going to tell people you're racist cuz you hate Beyoncé. You know, I you know, give me a fucking break. Um I'm more concerned with other shit than if you like Beyoncé or not. But I don't know. So I she she uh she won album of the year again last night as I mentioned. So that's her fourth win. She now has the most wins of anyone uh in Grammy history for album of the year. Uh breaking a tie that she had with a, a, a couple other artists, but uh, I know Stevie Wonder was one of them. Which just real quick, to just rant about this real quick. 1989, that one album of the year, right? That beat out uh Kendrick Lamar's uh to pimp a butterfly. No, sorry. Absolutely fucking not. That there is no way, and I've listened to 1989. It is not better than To Pimp a Butterfly. That is a like my brain is like, oh god, that that's oh god, that's on the record. So <laughs> so look, I I thought it was Scissor's time last night. I, I thought she had an incredible performance um as as well uh last night. Sis is incredible. Um I have uh, I have uh both of her uh, albums on vinyl. I, I fucking love SZA. I think she is incredible. And yes, I do remember uh, Viper Fox when uh, Macklemore won over Kendrick, which is another thing that just, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, <coughs> so, look, I get it. I know that there are going to be some people who, you know, this will this will fall on deaf ears, and I'm, I'm very prepared for the Swifties to, um, you know, bring their, I don't know, Swifties eat, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't fuck kale sandwiches and their yoga mats and <laughs> whatever, whatever you're gonna bring along for your torches. I, I get that that's probably coming, but that's eh, you know, I, I think someone like Casey Musgraves, if you want to look at someone who is a you know, quote, feminist, unquote, um, but someone who's not doing it as like performative art, which I think Taylor Swift is definitely does a lot of. Um, look at someone like Casey Musgraves. I think Casey Musgraves is way more talented. Um, I mean, she's gorgeous. Um, and she just seems cool. She seems like someone you could actually sit down and have a drink with and you would just have a good conversation. I I, I do think Swift comes across very much like Dwayne Johnson, who, again, I will get to in a moment. It really does feel like their persona is so much, is so manufactured that I don't, really think that it's even like i question her as a person so um oh swifties versus barbs in a battle royale oh god um and yeah Nicki minaj that that's another thing uh i, I will just say it's real quick on Nicki. um everyone going like oh we need Nicki minaj to save you know rap or whatever i'm sorry wouldn't you rather hang out with megan like megan stallion seems fucking cool she's a nerd she loves anime um, she, she seems amazing. Um, I mean, also fine, which, you know, whoo, um, but she just seems cool. Nicki Minaj is married to someone who can't go within, you know, what, a mile of a, a middle school. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, and I'm not even gonna go off on Taylor's dating history or whatever, but talking about that guy she was dating, um, you excuse you excuse shit that you're okay with, you know. If I knew, um, you know, I've been with my partner, 
uh, six years, uh, almost seven years. If if I knew she was, you know, a Fox News watcher, I'd go, oh, cool. We are not going to be dating anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you excuse what you're you excuse what you allow and the fact that that clearly wasn't a deal breaker for swift i go mm, okay that's a little um yeah so I, I i don't get it i again i get that there are people who just her music speaks to them but as a dude i'll tell you if i tell you i don't like taylor swift and you immediately retort with uh oh you hate feminists or you hate women i'll go uh, i hate that one um, <laughs> there is nothing that you can say that's going to gaslight my ass into not having a conversation with you. So if you want to have a conversation, come at me, Swifties. I'm I'm here. But yeah, I I just goddamn. Um, she announced a new album last night, and I'm just like, oh god, more more music. I have to <laughs> like, there's more coming. Fuck. So um, I just uh, you know, it, I'm I'm tired. I'm tired just thinking about it. Like, I saw her go up on stage last night. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so surprised. To which I went, I'm not. Like, I know there were people last night going, Sizzle's got this. And I went, no, she doesn't. It's Taylor Swift. We're going to give her this award. Why are you even surprised at this point? I, 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 I no. No, I don't care. Um, just off the top of my head, um, you have to go all the So outside of John Baptiste. Uh, winning album of the year uh, last year. You have to go all the way back to 1999 to see the last time that a Black artist uh, won for album of the year. That was uh, The Miseducation of Warren Hill, by the way. Um, the fact that Kendrick has never gotten album of the year. The fact Beyonce, like, I'm not a Beyonce fan, and the fact that I think Lemonade, I, I think it was nominated, um, the fact that didn't win if I'm a Beyonce fan, I'd be like, what the fuck? Um, that, you know, there's there's Beyonce there. Um, there's SZA's first album, Control. I don't know how that wasn't at least... Uh, that. I mean, that's an album you could easily push for album of the year. Uh, Lupe Fiasco's is cool. Uh, Kendrick's to Pimp a Butterfly. Um, fucking Voyage to India. Fucking India Irie uh, was nominated at the time, I think, for like the record amount of Grammys that year. I think I, was, I think she was up for like nine or ten and I think she won Best New Artist, and that was it. Um, I know she didn't win Album of the Year. Um, songs, songs in A Minor, Alicia Keys. That, that is one of the best albums. That's one of the best debut albums ever. No Album of the Year. Like, at some point, um, you know, I, I know there are a lot of artists who just say, you know, fuck the Grammys, uh, <laughs> especially Jay-Z after last night. But it, it's one of those things where you just go in almost – uh, in almost 30 years, we can only win this award once. When you think about when you think about all the great black music that comes out each year, um, I'm not even throwing out people like you know fucking Anthony Hamilton or Music Soulchild, uh, Music Soulchild, or uh, The Roots, uh, just you know off the top. Or it, like it, it's it, it's really crazy to me, honestly. And you might be the biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world, and that's, again, whatever. But if you're telling me she deserves this award four times already, and someone like Stevie Wonder, who can play multiple instruments, is one of the greatest singers, one of the best songwriters um, ever. Uh, the fact he's only won it three times throughout his whole career, she's already won it four times, give me a break. You, you will not convince me that in any way she deserves 
four uh, album of the years. Uh, I'll give you one, maybe two, but four, fuck no. Um, yeah, so come at me, Swifties. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll you'll love this breakdown. And you know, I like look at my fucking background. You know, there's a reason I have abortion rights or human rights and a proud ally and Black Lives Matter. Like I'm, I'm about where I'm about. So if, I, I, I will always always welcome discourse on on something if you have something you want to go ahead and say or you want to debate feel free i'm i'm not hard to find i always list my socials but yeah i just i'm i'm done so uh moving on real quick to dwayne johnson speaking of people who i think are fake um so dwayne johnson came back to wwe uh, over this past weekend, um, and confronted his uh, his cousin, his oose, as he would say, Roman Reigns. Um, so, if you're if you're not a wrestling fan, I'll just break this down very quickly. Um, Vince McMahon is being accused of sexual um, sexual assault, uh, sex trafficking. Uh, yeah, that that old chestnut. Uh, he's being accused of that. And um, so now there's a federal investigation uh, that's been opened up to this. And this is like the second scandal in about 18 months that's come out about Vince McMahon. And I will say, like, I know I was just talking about Swifties. I don't know if there's any more toxic fandom than the internet wrestling community. Wrestling fans online are fucking insane. The tribalism is exhausting and you're talking to someone who you know some of my earliest favorite memories um you know with my dad um may he rest in peace um were you know watching wrestling together or, or, or listening to music together so i have a lot of uh childhood memories attached to wwe and you know like when you're younger you just don't know how this shit works but there is that point where as i started kind of dig on wwe and watch it more you would just see these things that are very like wait a minute why the hell are they why are they saying that you know whether it's uh true stratus being stripped uh forced to strip down to her bra and panties and bark like a dog or the time that uh stephanie mcmahon compared uh 9-11 to the government uh, the federal investigation on the steroid trial, uh, which Jesus Christ, that's still one of the biggest, like how the fuck can you say that on TV and get a way of it moments? I think I've ever seen in real time. So there's a lot. So Johnson comes back uh, and he's going to face Roman Reigns, presumably at WrestleMania. And what happened is that Cody Rhodes he lost to Roman Reigns at last year's WrestleMania, and this past year has been about the chase. Uh, it's been about him, you know, uh, finding a way to go ahead and get back to uh, challenge Roman Reigns one more time. And so Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble this past Sunday, meaning that he gets a chance at WrestleMania uh, to face Roman Reigns. And so we were all as fans like, oh, all right, cool. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, part two. Let's go. And then Cody Rhodes comes out on Friday and goes, oh, yeah, so I am going to face you. I am going to finish my story, but not at WrestleMania. And so that brings up The Rock. And so, you know, of course, if people in the in the audience go, oh, my God, it's The Rock. Woo. Um, for me, though, I was sitting there going, 
what an asshole. Um, <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Because at the end of the day, Dwayne Johnson is exactly what a lot of people were kind of afraid he was in the sense of he comes across very two faced by uh, the fact uh, the fact is Dwayne Johnson has not wrestled a proper match. He wrestled a match like I think like five years ago, but the match literally went like eight seconds. Um, but he hasn't wrestled a proper match in like 12 years. In the last uh, against John Cena at WrestleMania, I believe that was WrestleMania 28. Um, and the last time that he wrestled, uh, he like tore his pec. He like um, I, uh, hurt it, like um, injured his like MCL. I want to say, um, but he got hurt. He got hurt really badly because because his body just isn't. Um, I mean, obviously the Rock is in incredible shape, but he, but he's not in ring shape anymore. He's not wrestling. Um, you know, anymore, um, at least consistently. And so, um, and so he got hurt. And so now this is a rock that's 12 years older. Uh, he's 51, I believe. And he comes back and just does this monkey wrench shit really for his ego, because now he's one of the uh, board members on uh, the TKO board, which is uh, the board where UFC and WWE went ahead and merged into one uh, con conglomerate. And it's really gross. It, it, and, and I was <laughs> I was really pissed about it on Friday uh, when it happened on SmackDown. And, like, the more I kept thinking about it, the more upset I got. Um, to a point that I really didn't sleep much Friday night. I don't think I fell asleep till like six, but I was just fuming. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, this motherfucker, like the, the, the fucking, the fucking gall to just come back and stroll on in. Um, Cody Rhodes, for those of you who don't know, um, he's basically their new John Cena. Um, there's been footage, um, that fans have taken of him, like staying, an hour or two after shows to go ahead and like sign autographs and take pictures with fans. Um, he, he looks like a wrestler. I mean, he's, he's cut, he's ripped, you know, he's got the blonde hair, looks great in a suit, um, you know, has the hot black wife. I mean, what, <laughs> like, what else could you want from this white guy? Um, but Cody Rhodes is fucking awesome. And he comes across as a genuine dude. Uh, he comes across as a genuine person. And, uh, with these Vince McMahon allegations, um, they they got asked, uh, uh, WWE got asked about them in the press uh, a couple weeks ago. And Triple H's, y'all can Google it, but Triple H's response was basically, I don't want to talk about the potential sexual assault. I want to talk about the fact that we just signed this $5 billion deal with Netflix. I want to go and focus on the positives, is what he said. And it came across really dismissive, uh, really gross. And quite frankly, really cruel. And I was like, wow, um, fuck you for that. And they asked Cody Rhodes about the allegations. And Cody Rhodes had a genuine answer about wanting to make the, the company safer. And, and, you know, always being someone that um, people could come to and talk to if they needed. Like, Cody Rhodes had a, an incredible answer that, considering the fact he's not one of the owners of the company or one of the, uh, the board members... It's fucking insane that a wrestler would have a better response than, you know, the people who are paid to deal with this shit. And I just found myself just kind of in awe of how well Cody Rhodes has acclimated to uh, back to WWE. And, and I, I speak as someone who is an AEW fan on that front. But 
I, but with all that said, the thing about The Rock that's really frustrating is that we we've heard shit about him. Like we, you know, we heard about how he can't get hit um, more times than he's hitting the other person in a fight. Uh, you know, the whole attempt with uh, Black Adam, how he was trying to go ahead and spin that into, you know, basically becoming the head of DC. Um, the fact that he didn't want to be in fucking Shazam, even though Black Adam is Shazam's greatest fucking villain, uh, his greatest rogue. The fact that hit, you know, he thought so highly of himself, like, oh, I don't want to get into a fight with fucking Chuck. You know, I can, <laughs> I can, I can do my own, I can do my own Shazam movie. And the fact that he even says Shazam in the fucking movie over and over again when he becomes Black Adam, I just rolled my eyes like you greedy motherfucker um the fact that he used henry cavill as a fucking human pawn uh to bring him back as superman to go ahead and try get him more leverage i i think dwayne johnson comes across like a total prick here and the fact of the matter is he's been getting roasted as well as wwe all weekend uh this happened friday night um with the rock coming back and ever since then um wwe they love to talk about their social media, so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, last time I looked, um, WWE's uploaded like 74,000 uh, like videos, like clips to their uh, YouTube, their official YouTube channel. The the segment of The Rock coming back um, had the most dicks, the the uh, the most dislikes in the history of any of the videos that they've put up there. Um, they were over 500,000 dislikes, which is fucking insane. Um, they were just in uh, Tennessee for a uh, what they call a house show where, you know, it's an untelevised show. But they just they were just there on Saturday, like in Knoxville, and they showed The Rock like on the uh, like on the big screen um, in the arena. And the fans booed him out of the arena and started chanting like Rocky sucks. It's like, oh, my God, like y'all. Y'all have a problem on your hands, and honestly, this is this is exactly what WWE deserves because this is a company that let Vince McMahon stay in power for years, even though these accusations have been pretty common knowledge as far as if you have you know watched any of these shoot interviews with women who've worked there. Um, multiple women have talked about things that they felt, <clears throat> pardon me, things they felt uncomfortable doing. Um, so it, it's pretty common knowledge. And the fact that there are just there are fans who are still trying to defend Vince, I understand innocent until proven guilty. I get that. But the amount of accusations that have come out, and there's the um you can look up the 67 page um like suit and just just the details in that. I, I'm not gonna get into that because I, I understand that could be triggering for people, but at the end of the day, um I believe this woman. I think that she, um, I think that Vince made her do some things that she truly didn't want to do. Um, the power dynamic alone is creepy. Um, the fact that Vince McMahon, and this has been confirmed, that um, when uh, Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, was, um, the fact that he, pitched a storyline to her that while her uh, that she got pregnant she actually got pregnant in her life but the fact that he pitched to her that oh why don't we make a storyline out of it and i could be the dad 
And she was rightfully so like, um, no. And he goes, oh, what about Shane? Uh, Shane McMahon is her brother, by the way. Like, that's just one example of shit where I go, that's gross. And the fact you're even pitching that as a storyline is horrifying. Um, I, I, I can't. Um, so what I will say about this is uh, between him, between John Laurinaitis, between Kevin Dunn, there's a lot of men who have been associated with that company who need to go down. Um, if we find out even an inkling of this is true, um, they need to clean house. Like they need to go through with fucking Mr. Clean and, you know, like the pink stuff and like scrub this company. Like there's no fucking tomorrow because there's a lot of smoke and, and, and uh, Viper Fox, you're, you're a thousand percent right. Um, there's been way too much smoke around Vince for too long for there not to be a fire. And I will say too, um, Endeavor, I, I mean, look at UFC. Dana White hit his wife on New Year's Eve, was it, like a year or two ago. Um, like hit her, hit her apparently. And basically was like, oh, I was drunk, I was an asshole. And that was it, like, like nothing. It's like, y'all. And, and I understand the UFC has leaned way to the right as far as like the people who support Trump and Dana White has even been at like the Republican National Conventions multiple times. Um, which let me just let me just say too, does that not just raise flags for y'all? Like the fact that Dana White has been at the Republican National Conventions for so long, the fact that Vince McMahon and Donald Trump are friends, like, does none of this just come on, y'all? Like, like put these dots together. So um, yeah, Dwayne Johnson, WWE, they might go forward with this. They might do Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania, and I'll just be—I'll just be the first to say uh, I don't want to see that fucking match. Um, it's piss poor timing, but also you're screwing over Cody Rhodes, a guy that people have invested two years in to see him become the guy, and you go, nah, nah, The Rock is back, and I really do think that this is this is more ego than anything. Like, the fact that The Rock, you know, got kicked out of the Fast and Furious franchise, came crawling back. Let's be clear. Crawling back. Because Black Adam didn't fucking work. I guarantee you, if Black Adam is a, is a success and he's still at DC, we never see him in the Fast franchise again. But I think that The Rock would see... Um, uh, I think The Rock would see... Uh, going back and doing another Jumanji movie. Which I actually think is where he works best. I think this is Jumanji movies are fucking fun, but, um, but I think he would see that as a demotion. Like, oh, I'm back to doing kids movies, uh, even though uh, several films on my best of list could be qualified as kids films. So, uh, speaking of, let's go ahead and jump into that. So, I'm gonna, uh, pardon me, I'm gonna start with my worst of. Actually, we're gonna start there. We, uh, uh, there we go. Um, yeah, let me let's start with my worst stuff. So, um, I, I I know I mentioned them last time, but I'm gonna throw out just a few things that uh, I'm gonna throw out a few movies that I really didn't like that just didn't make the list. So, um, uh, the Flash really didn't like the Flash. Um, outside of uh, Ezra Miller, outside of their controversies and what they uh, have been accused of doing. Um, it's a really bad script um, with really bad humor. 
Um, it feels like Ezra Miller doesn't really know how to play Barry Allen. Um, this Barry Allen's definitely on the spectrum. Nothing wrong with that, but they just it, it feels like they're playing up so much for jokes, which is kind of gross, honestly. Um, I think that Michael Keaton is good in it for the bits that we get him in, but overall, um, b- between the really shitty comedy and the CGI parade of people who have passed that they use as DC cameos, even though there are people who are still alive that they could use. The the fact that there's a CGI Nicolas Cage as Superman in that, but Nicolas Cage himself even talked about the fact that he went down to DC Studios and actually got put in a suit and actually like film shit. And they were like, no, no, CGI, CGI Nicolas Cage. Um, fucking gross. Fucking gross. Absolutely hated that that movie exists. Um, about my father, um, that's the uh, Robert De Niro uh, movie. I, I, I'm such a fan of Robert De Niro, and he's actually, I, I think his performance in Killers of the Flower Moon is fucking incredible, and it bothers me that he keeps doing these shitty comedies. Like, I don't know if someone has, like, a tape on him or, <laughs> or what it is, but he just... He, He's so bad in like stuff like this and like Dirty Grandpa. I'd way rather watch Dirty Grandpa. I, I'm not a fan of Dirty Grandpa, but holy shit, I thought about my father it was absolutely terrible. Um, and Leslie Bibb deserves better than that. She's so goddamn, so goddamn funny and and sexy and charming. Her and Sam Rockwell, what a gorgeous couple they are. And Leslie Bibb has proven that she can do uh comedy, uh all over the place, you know, whether it's Talladega Nights, um, like, you know, like whether it's, uh, you know, even where it's like something like Confessions of, uh, Confessions of a Shopaholic, she's actually really good in that, um, you know, both babysitter movies, um, she's, uh, tag, she's, she's excellent, she's fucking awesome, and just seeing her being wasted in that, it's like, that sucks, <laughs> like, I, I just wish she was in, in something better. Um, and then um, Sebastian uh, Maniscalco. Um, I've never watched his stand-up, but after watching this movie, I don't want to. <laughs> like, it was, as I was watching this movie, I just was sitting there thinking, oh, man, I, I'm not a fan of you. And then, um, oh, God, I, I had one more. You know, that's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll keep it with those two. So, all right, let me jump in here. So, uh, starting with my, I, I, I am cheating a bit, so I will just throw that out here, but I'll explain myself in a moment. Um, so I have a tie for my number 10. And so my number 10, um, or what's tied for my number 10, is uh, Silent Night and House Party. So Silent Night is directed by, <laughs> it makes me so sad to say, it's directed by John Woo. Fucking hard-boiled. Face-off. Hard target. Mission Impossible 2, that John Woo, like, it, it, he's, John Woo's one of the best action directors that's ever taken a breath on this earth, and to watch something like Silent Night, that's just so flat, I, I was just, I was kind of amazed at just how eh the movie is. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, and I'm a fan, I'm a huge fan of Joel Kinnaman, I think he's a uh, I think he's a great fucking actor. Um, I, I really dug him in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I dug him in Run All Night. Um, 
I actually think Robocop, which, I mean, while it's an eh remake, I think there is a sincerity to this performance that I actually do dig. Um, I reviewed Sympathy for the Devil for my uh, Real Holiday series back in October. That's him and Nicolas Cage. I really like that movie. Um, it, 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 it was fun. And then uh, The Suicide Squad, I think he's fucking... I think he's fucking perfect in that. He he's absolutely incredible. And so this concept of oh, we're gonna go ahead and have you know um, someone who loses their voice go ahead and basically play John Wick. I went oh fuck yeah, that sounds amazing. But there's so little done with the concept. Um, we don't get a good context of him and his wife. So when their marriage starts to fall apart, I I don't feel shit. Um, Kid Cudi's in the movie, who is an incredible fucking actor. Like, we don't give Kid Cudi nearly enough credit for how great they are. And he's wasted in it. And there's one action scene I can remember that I liked, which was uh, took place in a, in a garage. It was more like hand-to-hand combat. But for a John Woo film, there should be multiple action scenes that I'm able to remember and I just, I just remember sitting there watching it, going, "Man, I'm just, I'm feeling very empty watching this," and and, and that really sucks because I saw a new John Woo and I went, "Oh fuck yeah, John Woo Christmas film, let's go," and yeah, it, it's I expect better from someone who's one of the best in the game. So, uh, yeah, that's tied for my number ten. My uh, my other number number ten is a house party. Um, straight up, I just, who cares? And, and, and I just, and I say that in the sense of, I don't have any, like, childhood, like, affiliation, even with the first house party. I think I saw the first one, like, once, maybe. But the fact that these two black dudes who are working for his cleaning service, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're gonna throw a party at LeBron's house. Even one of their friends straight up goes, that is, this is the dumbest fucking idea. And I went, okay, I appreciate that someone said it, but even they're able to convince her, like, well, like, come on, no, it'll be fine. Like, we'll be able to get out just fine. And I just, like, there's an Illuminati joke with Kid Cudi in there, which I just, that's how, like, they get themselves in this situation with uh, one of LeBron's rings being stolen, but the Illuminati apparently has, like, multiple replica NBA championship rings that happen to fit LeBron, uh, just laying around. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's probably, it commits the biggest sin that a comedy can. And it's just not funny. Um, I did think the LeBron, uh, hologram shit was actually pretty funny, but the hologram's only in there. Um, also the only character of any dimension, uh, but, but, they show that shit in the trailer. And that's one of those cases where, again, I would go, why is this in the trailer? It, it reminded me of that of the uh, the first Hangover when they show Mike Tyson in the trailer. And it's like, no, like, why? No, don't, fuck, why, is, why are you showing this? This would have been such a great surprise. And so, look, I, at the end of the day, it's just not a funny comedy. And I just found myself going, this is kind of classic black foolishness. And that's all, it, it just can't, kept coming across like that. Um, it's really bad, and I don't ever want to see it again. So, yeah, it's not good. Don't watch it. So, okay, uh, that's House Party, as I mentioned, tied for my number 10. Um, all right, moving on to number nine. 
Um, and you're going to see a weird pattern here. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. But my number nine is The Family Plan, which stars Mark Wahlberg, who, god damn it, Mark Wahlberg, could you fucking try? Um, <laughs> it's It really is amazing how much Mark Wahlberg has just been making just shit <laughs> for the last, like, decade, it feels like. Um, you know, whether it's uh, Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2, which, gag, um, you know, the Transformers, uh, The Last Night, uh, which, oh my god, that fucking movie. Um, I actually do like Instant Family. That's the one I can give him that came out recently. Um, he was a, he was a Scully and Uncharted, and my god, I, I don't think he could have given less of a fuck in that movie. He just seemed like he was sleepwalking and going through the motions on that. And that's really what this is, too. You know, it's an assassin who, oh, I used to be an assassin, but I have a family now. But, oh, no, my past is coming back to haunt me. Waka waka. And there is a scene that he has in a uh, grocery store that I straight up went. This is one of the, mo the most poorly edited fight scenes I've seen in the last couple years. Like, the amount of quick cuts. Even Jason Bourne would be like, calm the fuck down. It's so much. And I just found myself going, I'm so bored. I'm so goddamn bored. And and this movie commits one of the biggest sins that a film can do in that it's almost two hours. This shit did not need to be almost two hours. This shit could have been 100. Like, this shit could have really been 90 minutes, honestly. Um, but the other thing that really bums me out, uh, Michelle Monaghan is in this. And I love Michelle Monaghan so much. She's so pretty and she's so funny. She's so charming. And, and there's a few moments here, like after she finds out where she actually gets to act. And I went, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, this is still Michelle Monaghan. But the movie does so little to actually give her a chance to be Michelle Monaghan um, because she is playing second fiddle to Wahlberg. And I just kept sitting there going, Man, if there's actually a script, and maybe if um I, I, I don't know who you put in instead of Mark Wahlberg, but I, I, I just found myself going, I, I don't care about anyone in this movie, which really bums me out. Um like I said, I'm I'm a fan of Michelle Monaghan's, um, but it's just like no no good action scenes, really nothing that made me laugh. Um it's just it's just crap. And I understand that these streamers have like, and I, I love this argument that people use like, oh, well, Hunter, they, you know, streamers need content. Okay. Can the content be good? Like, like you can put effort into the shit you make. It doesn't have to be crap. Like, so, so get over yourself on that. I, I fucking hate that argument, but absolutely hate this movie. Mark Wahlberg, just, just stop. Can you stop? Like, if you don't give a fuck about a script, just don't take it. Save me some time. <laughs> but I just hated this movie. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. So uh, that's that's my uh, that's my number nine in uh, in the in the family man. So uh, or family family plan. Pardon me. A family man is the Nicolas Cage movie, which is a much better movie than this. Uh, moving on to number eight. Um, this one really hurt me because I'm such a fan of this actor, and I think this is a movie that just doesn't, like, 
it knows what it wants to be, but the execution is just piss poor. Uh, it's Fool's Paradise, which is uh, starring and directed by uh, Charlie Day. And I'm a huge It's Always Sunny fan. I think It's Always Sunny is maybe the best comedy uh, series in the history of television. I mean, I'd say ugh, like The Simpsons, uh, Sunny, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, I, I, I think those are all kind of in my contention uh, for like my favorite comedy shows ever. Uh, I, I'd throw something like uh, Marital Children, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast in there as well. But um, but I, I feel like he's going for silent film star. Like that's clearly um, like the route that he, that uh, Dave was kind of trying to go. And the cast that he's able to assemble to come in and do stuff is pretty crazy. I mean, Adrian Brody, Ken Jeong, uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Ray Liotta, rest in peace, sir. Uh, Jason Bateman, Edie Falco. Like it's the the cast he's able to get is, is fucking wild, and, and and yet just no one has anything to do, and it's it's going for this absurdist comedy. But it just it just keeps falling flat, and and I think that I think Charlie Day had the concept. I think he knew where he wanted to go, or I think he want he knew what the end destination was going to be. But at the end of the day, he didn't know how to execute it, and and I think that's what's such a bummer because I do think that there is um, there's definitely a world like there's a there's a good script somewhere in here. Um, this really could have been uh, along the lines of something like Hail Caesar. And I, I love Hail Caesar. I fucking love Hail Caesar. But this movie just completely misses the mark of what it's trying to do. And like I mentioned with the family plan, at the end of the day, it's not funny. And you can forgive a lot for a comedy, you know, but if a, if a comedy is not funny, you just, it, it doesn't work. And so I was really disappointed in that. Um, wanted it to be better. But, uh, yeah, it, it does not work. So, uh, yeah, Fool's Paradise, unfortunately, um, my number eight film. Moving on to number seven. Um, so ever since they started making kind of these sort of movies, and I've been more, like, aware that they exist, um, there's always seems to be one, like, each year where I just go, fuck, why do you keep doing this to me? Um my number seven is uh, is On a Wing and a Prayer, which I'm sure many of you, luckily for you, probably have never heard of. It is a pure flicks film, basically, which stars uh, Dennis Quaid and, he and uh, Heather Graham. So it's about this family who is in a plane. Their pilot has a heart attack. And so... Dennis Quaid and Jesus team up to go ahead and land the plane and save the family and yada, yada, yada. Um, I hate Dennis Quaid. Let me just get that out of the way. I fucking hate Dennis Quaid. Not just because he's like a right-leaning right asshole. Not just the fact that he's dating, he's married to someone who's what, like half his age? I think she's like 27, something like that. Um... Dennis Quaid is just one of those guys where I've always been like, there's something off about you. And seeing him in this movie, it's incredible that he can even make praying look unconvincing. Like, this man's supposed to be 
almost dying. And the fact that he can't even summon up enough, like, God helped me, or, a, like, a tear to get across how fucking stressed he is, is insane to me. Um, Heather Graham, too, look, I... This one hurts because I'm I'm such a fan of hers. Like I um I mean obviously Austin Powers, obviously Boogie Nights. I mean, and you know gorgeous, all that jazz, Hangover. Um, I think about I think about Heather Graham though, and it's one of those things where I go, I know you can be funny, and I actually just reviewed for uh, the uh, Real Holiday series back in December. I reviewed uh, this movie with her, Jason Biggs, and Brandy. Uh, called Best Christmas Ever. And look, is the movie good? No. But honestly, I felt like she was trying harder in that than she was in this shit. And she's supposed and she's almost dying in it. Like, like, come on, girl. Like put some fucking put some fucking effort into it. And seeing see there's there are these kids that they introduce who are basically there to just tell the audience everything that's happening, even though that's what, you know, the script is supposed to do. You're supposed to trust your audience enough to put, you know, one plus one equals two together. And they don't. They have these kids who are going like, oh my God, they're in trouble. They might hit this turbulence. Oh my gosh, it's windy here. Like, we gotta pray. Like, it's just, it's, it's just, it's garbage. It's garbage filmmaking. And it's from the guy, it's from uh, Sean McNamara. Now, I know many of you may not know who Sean McNamara is. Let me read you a list of what Sean McNamara has made. God, his picture is creepy on Letterboxd, too. Um, he made Cats and Dogs 3, Paws Unite, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, he made um, Sister Swap. There's multiple Sister Swap. Jesus Christ, seriously? Um, Reagan the Movie, which I, oh my God. Um Oh, God. Baby Geniuses and the Treasures of Egypt. She, fucking fuck. Really? Um, he's worked with, G he's worked with uh, John Voight multiple times, by the way, which <laughs> that tells you all you need to know there. Um, he did uh, Three Ninjas. Pause. Now, I know you think, oh, Three Ninjas is great. No, no, no. He did Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. That's the one of fucking... Ray, uh, Hulk Hogan, you know, like which, uh, you know that that's great. And then he also did um, Bratz, Bratz the movie. Um, Sean McNamara has a dog shit filmography, and this is just another one to throw on the pile. I I fucking hate this movie, um, and the fact that they're oh my god, I fucking hate this movie. You know, that's all I have to say. I fucking hate this movie. I don't even need to say anything else. Uh, yeah. Don't don't watch the shit. Uh, on a rank, wing and a prayer, number seven. All right, moving on to number six. Let me take a take a drink here. All right, so moving on to my number six. Um, so I've got a friend named Bradley. Uh, call him Canada. Shout out to shout out to Canada. And one of uh one of the ongoing jokes that we have in this uh, uh this uh, group chat that I run is um. Thank God for Marvel, because um, there are certain actors who just can't be successful outside of the the Marvel banner. And while I don't think that applies to Evans in particular, man, this movie kind of made me go, man, maybe he should go back to Marvel. My number six is Ghosted, it uh, starring him and uh, Ani de Armas. And 
let me just say about Ana de Armas, she seems like an absolute sweetheart. I like her, um, but uh, I loved her in No Time to Die. I thought she was fucking incredible in that. Loved her in Blade Runner 2049. Loved her in Knives Out. Um, but she's been on this streak of ick recently between The Gray Man, uh, between Blonde, which is one of the worst films, one of the most sexist pieces of shit I've seen maybe ever. I fucking hated Blonde. And then we get here, and this movie, should, instead of being called Ghosted, it should be called It's Okay to Stalk. Because, <laughs> because Chris Evans has a one-night stand with this girl. You know, they're feeling each other, sure. And then she, you know, she, quote, ghosts him, unquote. And so, and I know this is such a, a, it's not even a nitpick, but it bothers me just because I've dealt with air, enough airlines to know this is bullshit. The fact, so Chris Evans is like, oh, well, um, I think he does like find her, your, your, her location, or he somehow figures out where she's at. Doesn't matter. He somehow figures it out. And he happens to have this <laughs> go anywhere or where in the world airline ticket which apparently has no expiration date which fuck you there's no airline that would ever do that shit as cheap as these fuckers are there he has this ticket that he's able to just go anywhere in the world so he's able to meet up with her and get the story going proper and i just went fuck you <laughs> i went fuck you fuck you fuck you there's not a movie there's not an airline where they would do that shit like fuck oh it's so maddening um so I hate that. I hate that so much. And Chris Evans, he's playing the, yeah, he's playing the straight man in the sense of, oh my gosh, like this, I'm in a world of spies. I don't know what I'm doing. And Chris Evans, look, he's a charming dude. He's naturally charismatic. He's a very natural comedian. Uh, watch something like uh, The Losers, and you can, you know, you can see that. But they just have anti-chemistry. I, I just found myself kind of amazed that two people this good looking could just have no chemistry and there's a cameo by two people who are still in the mcu and they showed up and i went oh shit yes yes cool this movie's gonna get a jolt of energy and they're killed within like two minutes i went cool i <laughs> like i had some hope and you just dashed it um and where the film ends up it kind of looks at you like sequel uh and i'm just like, i'm like no no, fuck no. I do not want a sequel to this shit. Um, but anytime I go on Apple TV, it's always kind of like in the top 10 for movies. So off views alone, they might just go, well, it's content. We can justify a sequel. I hope not because I don't want to see more of this. <laughs> like, I don't. I, I do not want to see more of these fucking movies. But yeah, absolutely terrible. So Ghosted, that's my number. Uh, my number six. Moving on to my number five. Um, so I think comedians like stand up is hard. Like, like I, I, I think I, I work very hard to be <laughs> like decent at do, just doing podcasting. Um, I, I can never do stand up. I've seen enough bad stand up. Um, I've seen people bomb. Fuck that. I, <laughs> it's hard enough doing solo reviews. Um, so I always give it up to anyone who's able to actually be good at stand-up. And I think this comedian has been good at points, but they have ridden this one bit so far into the fucking ground that I just I don't ever want to see their stand-up again. Um, my number five film is The Machine, uh, starring Burt Kreischer. Um, 
I, I hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie. Uh, Burt Kreischer. It, it, so first off, he's a shit actor. He is terrible in this. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, they are just running this machine bit into the fucking ground. Like, so first off, I have to question the validity of that story anyway. Like that. That's number one. I, I'll, I'll start there. Number two, who who does a who does a movie about a bit? Like it it's it's almost like the film was trying to be meta commentary on his career, but then it's like no 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 like we don't need to do like introspection. Why the fuck would we do that when we just make money? And he got twenty million dollars to make this fucking movie. Now credit where to do, I think the cinematography at points is actually uh, is actually quite good. Um, there's a um, there's a shot of him drinking. I know Burt Kreischer drinking. Um, there's a shot of him drinking, and it has like fireworks behind him, and it kind of shows like the machine and like neon lights. And there's there's a couple shots like that where I went, oh, okay, that that actually has some uh, some life to it. And then um, oh, what's the the, the brother's name? Uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Tatro. Who you probably know from uh, like King of Staten, uh, King uh, Staten Island, Twenty Two Jump Street. You most likely know him uh, recently from Theater Camp, in which he's amazing in fucking Theater Camp. But uh, he plays a young Burt Kreischer, and th- the only stuff that I liked were any moments with young Burt Kreischer because it feels like Jimmy Tatro is actually he understands that okay someone might see this and go, wow, this movie is dog shit, but he's actually good. And I, I, I will give him his props. I, I thought he actually did a really good job conveying what uh, Bert was trying to narrate. But between Mark Hamill sleepwalking through this movie, uh, between this, uh, there's this woman in here, I, I, I don't have her name, but she plays this Russian, um, she plays this Russian woman who is trying to overthrow her dad and they make a family matters reference early on with her and the way that they go did i do that when she kills her dad i i was so filled with fucking rage i <laughs> i couldn't wrap my head around how bad that punchline was and how badly it was delivered i i fucking hate the machine it is terrible do not watch it um yeah, it's it's incredible. He's gotten this amount of mileage out of this one fucking story. Um, I, I yeah, terrible, terrible movie. So that's my number five. All right, moving on to number four. Um, this is a franchise film. I don't want to see any more of these. I am so over these goddamn movies. I was kind of over it after the second one, to be honest. Um, it's Expendables four uh, or expend four bowls however the fuck they say it um they don't even have like action stars really in this anymore um all due respect to megan fox um like she's not really an action star um but i'll be real she's the one person that's like kind of thought was trying so i will give i will give megan fox her her props on that um i really hope they get to do a jennifer's body like tv show you can resurrect Megan. It's fine. You know, horror, horror, who cares? But, um, yeah, this movie is just, it's so goddamn bad. Andy Garcia. So I will say I'm a fan of Andy Garcia, but when I think about him and him being in this, 
and then um oh what's that shitty kids movie max steel that's it um he is so bad at portraying villains sometimes like you see the twist coming a mile away you're like oh like he's a villain you know color me shocked um he's terrible in this and stallone stallone just feels like he doesn't want to do this anymore i don't know what happened with uh with creed and all that but I wish he would just squash the beef and just be like, yeah, let, let me, even if it's just a cameo, let me come back in this world. I, I like Stallone. I, I, I do. Um, I've heard Tulsa King is good, but this shit, just stop making these. There's no goddamn reason to keep making these. Apparently the beekeeper is great um, with the uh, Jason Statham, um, which if that's true, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm going to have a review up for it here probably uh, later, uh, later this month, but holy shit. I, I, uh man, stop making these. Stop making Expendables films. There is nothing less left to mine. They're they're terrible. Just stop. Stop, stop, stop. Um, yeah. And, and they pulled this thing with Barney where I straight up laughed. I went, Oh, you were you're trying to convince me this motherfucker's dead. There's no way this motherfucker's dead. It's it's terrible. Terrible fucking movie. Um so yeah, that's my number four. Expend the expend the four bowls. Um, such a piece of crap. Such a piece of crap. Uh, moving on to my number three. Um, so if you've listened to the podcast for a decent amount of time, um, uh, you know, you know that um, you know I've been very hard on this guy uh, and his fan base. Um, but he keeps proving me right. He just keeps making movies where I go, why are you giving him so much money? Why does this film get so much money? Why his fans are just, they're insane. Um, they're very much like Swifties in this way, where there's this narrative about him that he is like the everyman director, even though he's constantly blowing through giant ass budgets and having very little to show for it. Um, look, I know he lost his daughter. I understand that. It's fucking tragic. But the way he's really been using that as a shield from any sort of criticism, um, the fact he spun that into getting another version of Justice League released, and then when people, and then when Warner Brothers did that, and his fans are like, wait, you're not going to do more of his story? It's like, no. Like, we gave you what you wanted. Go away. Um, it's Rebel Moon, and, and and look, I will say, I, I I think at least with um, what was it, Army of the Dead, um, there are at least a couple characters I like. There are a couple scenes of tension that I thought were well done, um, even though I think that movie is goddamn ridiculous. And the the use of the cranberry zombie, just like, dude, do you do you not? It's like when Republicans come out to like Born in the USA. It's like you know what the fucking song is about that you're playing right now. Like zombie, just because it's called zombie doesn't mean it's about zombies, you, you asshole. <laughs> but but Rebel Moon, it's it's a nothing burger. There's just there's nothing. It's everything that I hate about Snyder. That the over reliance on slow mo, which my fucking god, there's so much slow mo in that movie. To the point that the film feels like it has no rhythm. It just feels like it's a bunch of random scenes that happen to be uh, mishmashed together. Are there a couple cool visuals? Sure. But it, it, it's one of these things where I went, this might have worked better as a show. 
I hesitate to even say that because I don't want to give Netflix ideas, but it, it's it's one of those things where I just go, fuck, why are you why are you making this? Like, like why are you making this? I while I am no fan of BVS, and BVS is a is a very misguided film, I at least feel like there's some passion behind that. I actually feel like there are some ideas that he wanted to execute. This almost feels like an obligation movie. Um, I don't know what happened with uh, the Army of the Dead universe that they're apparently trying to do because you know everything has to be a universe now um <laughs> you know because that's how it works i i just found myself sitting there going i i don't get this um i i think cory stole even he is pretty bad in it and um oh god i'm blinking i'm, I'm blinking on her name uh sophia patella that's it um i like her um, I haven't seen Argyle. Um, I've heard she's bad in it. But between her and Star Trek Beyond and even like in Kingsman and Atomic Blonde, she's shown that she can be she can be a really good actress at worst. She I don't know if it's the script or if it's her or if it's the direction, but she's not, at least at in this universe, she's not that chick. She just isn't capable to carry this material which again script is doing her no favors so i understand that but this is by far the worst dialogue in a snyder film probably ever i I was really thinking back i I haven't seen sucker punch in a while i i I don't think i'll i may never watch that film again but i i just found myself really flabbergasted with how fucking bad um the film was and by the time it got to the end and the movie's like, ha part two. I just went, I don't want more of this. I, I, I There's no part of me that wants this universe to continue to be a thing. Um, I, I I really didn't like the film. Um, it's 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 really almost like a Snyder's greatest hits, you know, over-reliance on slow-mo. Um, the, the men in that movie, holy shit. Every man, man should be called Rapey McRaperson. He's like everyone in that movie that's a bad guy is rapey to like a, a cartoon level level like everyone should might as well be a fucking skunk with the last name lapew in that fucking movie they are, every man is rapey as fucking that it's it's really distracting and it's really gross um yeah not a fan not a fan of it at all so that that's rebel moon that's my number three um god and and people by the way before i move on if if you can't get your vision across in the allotted time, don't make the movie. Like I shouldn't have to watch alternate cuts for this fuck every single one of these fuckers this fuckers movies. Like you should be able to get it done in the time allowed it. If you're not comfortable with that, then don't make it. Like you know, and, and Netflix, the fact that they're releasing another version of this just it keeps that narrative going. I, I just. My God, just stop, 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 stop. Uh, yeah, so Rebel Moon, my number three. All right, uh, we're down to the last two. Holy crap. Um, so I've been going back and forth between my number two and my number one. Um, the only reason this probably isn't my number one is because number one offends me more. And, and, I'll, and I'll get to that here, of course, in a, in a moment. But my number two is White Man Can't Jump. Uh, my God, um, I didn't know who Jack Harlow was. 
I had no idea who Jack Harlow was before this movie. Um, I hate Jack Harlow. I hate Jack Harlow so much. He's such a douchebag. I even went through and I listened to a couple of his uh, his rap songs. And I was like, oh, like it, it's like wish little Dicky. I I fucking hate Jack Harlow so much, and he's a dog shit actor. And you know when you have people like online talking about how. Oh my god, all Hollywood is about is remakes and reboots. Like, why would I get invested? Um, there's no reason to remake this. None. None at all. It's just it's white man can't jump for this generation. And let's let me get this out of the way. Witty Harrelson and Wesley Snipes had fucking amazing chemistry. Amazing chemistry. And watching this movie between uh Jack Harlow and um um uh Sinqua Walls. Um no chemistry. I, I didn't feel their chemistry at all. Um I, I I'm really happy for us uh, for Sinqua Walls because he's in uh the blackening and he's fucking awesome in the blackening. I, I I that's actually why it broke my heart to see him in the shit. But he's great in the blackening. Um I never want to see Jack Harlow act again uh ever. Uh this this is one and done. Nope sit, sit your ass down. Um, I, I hated, hated this movie. Um, at the end of the day, it does like what I've talked about. It's, it's not, it's not funny. It's just bad. I will say, I think some of the basketball, uh, the basketball stuff is well filmed. Um, this was, uh, directed by, uh, uh, Cal Matic. Um, oh, he directed House Party. Uh, of course he did. <laughs> That's right. Oh god, no wonder I hate this. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's just there's nothing to this. Um, it needs so this is unlike Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the uh, uh, the Amazon Prime show, which I'll be reviewing, where it adds nothing to what the original gave you. So why even remake this outside of the brand name and just to put you know another lazy thing on a streaming service um hate this movie don't watch it watch the original i think the original is on hulu um but yeah do not watch this shit fucking garbage so that's my number two all right so let me recap let me recap my list here so tied at number 10 i had silent night and house party number nine i had mark Wahlberg's family plan number eight i had fool's paradise number seven i had on a on a wing and a prayer Number six, I had Ghosted. Number five, I had The Machine. Number four, I had Expenda Four Bowls <laughs> slash Expendables Four. Uh, Rebel Moon, I had at number three. And White Men Can't Jump at number two. All right. And my number one least favorite film of 2023 is Sound of Freedom. I fucking hate, 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 hate. Sound of Freedom. It is a garbage fucking movie, and yes, obviously partially, is partly uh, the narrative why I hate this? Absolutely. When I was talking about Taylor Swift earlier, I talked about how, you know, uh, the whole feminism movement being tied to her, even though it's white feminism, which... <laughs> um, but that's what they did with this movie. There, are pe there were actually people who had the gall to go, Oh, if you don't like Sound of Freedom, you support uh, child trafficking 
which is the dumbest fucking argument you could ever fucking make. I, I seen people say that and actually stand by and I went, you're insane. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, he, here's the other thing. When you think back, when you think about uh, like, when you think about uh, back about like uh, child trafficking, um, something like Spotlight, uh, you know, a film that won Best Picture back in 20, uh, 2015, um, that talks about uh, child trafficking. But it's talking about child trafficking here in the U.S. And the thing that really bugs the ever-living hell out of me about Sound of Freedom is that they're treating it like it's a brown country problem only. Um, uh, the guy, I think his name's Tim... Tim Ballard, there you go. Um, the fact that Tim meets one guy here in the States, and that's what sets him off on his journey to go ahead and save this one kid and his uh, his sister, um, that's really the only acknowledgement of the problem existing here in the U.S. They really do treat it like um, it really just made me think of Trump when he just goes like, oh, you know, they're bringing their drugs, they're bringing their war, like, it's very much those sentiments like laid out in this film. And the movie just keeps going back to that well. Um, wherever Tim's going, it's an international country. It's never here. And the only acknowledgement outside of that guy is at the very end of the fucking movie where the movie goes, oh yeah, it basically happens here too. But that's shown like 30 seconds before the, the trailer or before the credits fucking roll. Um there's a line in here too that actually made me feel really gross. And it's where Tim is talking to some guy that's helping him with this whole crusade. And I'm paraphrasing, but he basically goes like, why are you doing this? And Tim looks, looks right at him, looks right down the frame, uh, right, right down the camera lens and goes, because God's children aren't for sale. And it's supposed to be this badass line, and I'm sure that, you know, in the script it goes applause afterwards here. But the thing that really made me go, like, wait a minute, is that, okay, so I'm sure, like, someone who likes this movie would try to spin it and go, well, we're all God's children. But my question is, what if you don't identify as one of God's kids? What if you identify as one of Allah's kids? What if you identify as one of Muhammad's kids? Like, the Christian... That's why the whole myth of, you know, Christianity is under attack and, like, the war on Christmas and all the sh that shit that Republicans lean into drives me fucking nuts. Because Christianity is always up here, no matter what, everything else down here. And that is baked into this film. Um, the thing is, one of these was always bound to break through. Um, you know, like, Passion of Christ broke through, you know, years ago billion dollar film um pure flicks they make these sort of movies all the time you know whether it's like breakthrough or like the god's not dead series or left behind like they do these movies all the fucking time or unplanned which is one of still one of the worst fucking things i've seen in my goddamn life they do the shit all the time so one of these eventually was brown the breakthrough but the narrative that people were coming at me with, and I had to really educate some people and go, no, there are multiple films that talk about uh, about child sex trafficking. And the fact that no one brought up Spotlight and Jim Caviezel is a very loud uh, Catholic, hmm, I wonder why no one brought up Spotlight. Um, 
fucking drove me nuts. And the narrative around the film just really hammered home how gross people are uh, about this movie. Even from a technical standpoint, it's not directed well. It's really a bunch of talking. Um, and there's no point to be made. It's just the point is, oh, well, child trafficking is bad and it's a problem. Yeah, we know it's a problem. Um, I, I think back to uh, that Netflix film, Cuties, and that film actually had a point about how we, you know, the royal we, we sexualize women of co- uh, sorry, women of color, kids of color. We we sexualize them from very young age. You know, there have been studies done that, um, you know, there um, that we uh, that you know police um, police and people look at kids of color as older than they are. You know, so a you know twelve year old black kid. You know, they might see a you know 17, 18 year old black kid like that. There have been studies done on that. And th- there have been studies done on the fact that we sexualize um, young girls of color way earlier than we do uh, white, white, uh, white girls. And to see the film make that point is an uncomfortable watch. You're goddamn right. It's a very uncomfortable watch. But I had people coming at me in uh, coming at me on social media when I was saying like the film it's uncomfortable to watch. It's not easy, but it's like a C plus, you know, it's the same thing with a, a movie like 13, you know, it's making the same fucking point and people just not seeing that and wanting to be fake outrage for these, you know, for these kids being sexualized. And, and yet there's a film that makes that point and people go, Oh, 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 not like that. Um, there's even a point. So the one thing I will give this movie, there is a point late in the film where Tim is trying to escape with this kid and the film's kind of shot almost like gorilla style at night. I thought that five minutes was actually well shot, but then the movie pulls a fucking bait and switch on you. And you think you're going to get this uh, potential hand to hand combat scene. And then the movie goes, Nope, Nope, you're not getting that. And it cuts away. And I just went, Oh, fuck you movie. <laughs> Like it's, it's really bad. It's just a bad movie, and you know, whenever you see the based on a true story, that that's for those of you who don't know, that's code for we're gonna take like the barest of skeletons on this, but we can manufacture whatever the fuck we want. That's what that that's what that says, and I, the fact that there are so many skeletons in the closet of these people, um, as far as like them being accused of like harassment and like assault like just a quick google search kids like google is your friend um until it becomes uh until it becomes skynet but but just this the the scandal surrounding this film alone the fact mel gibson's a producer on this film yeah that mel gibson it's all you need to know it's all you need to know um yeah i hate this movie and I hate that there's so many people who are sharing this shit. And I had to get into arguments with people and go, yeah, this is why you don't blindly share shit. And I'm going to say that too in, you know, we're in 2024. It's an election year. I'm not happy about it. God help me. I'm not happy about it. I mean, I'm voting for Biden because Trump is, you know, a sexist, racist piece of shit. But Biden is only slightly better. <laughs> so I'm not happy about either option but 
can I just say to you, how insane is it that out of the billions of people that exist on this earth, these are the, the best two people we could get in 2024? Can we just take a second to acknowledge that? These two. That's it. This is the best we could fucking do. It... <sighs> Anyways. But fucking madness. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Sound of Freedom. Fuck you. You are my number one uh, least favorite film of 2023. So, um, since I got my worst stuff done, uh, you know what? I think I'm actually gonna... Uh, I think I'm actually going to cut this one off now. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best of on another stream. Um, probably do that here. Let's see. What's what's today? Today's Monday. I'm kind of starting to lose my voice a bit. So, uh, yeah, today is Monday. So I will be back. Uh, I'll be back on Friday. I'll be back on Friday uh, the 9th. I'll be on at... Uh, We'll do the stream a little earlier. Earlier, we'll do the stream like at. Um, we'll do the stream at. You know, I'll, I'll figure that out. But I'm gonna do the stream on Friday, and I will do my uh, best of 2023, and then I'm gonna go ahead and review Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is the uh, Prime Video series. I'm gonna go ahead and review that because um, I'm gonna start getting into some uh, Black History Month reviews uh, next week. But uh, I definitely want to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith because there's some stuff to break down in that. So uh, I'm going to cut the stream off here, y'all. But um, go ahead and please subscribe. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, go and just uh, search The Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L, Pineapple. Uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitch. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash The Real Pineapple. Uh, like, share, rate, uh, and share the podcast. It definitely helps me out. You can find us... Uh, Find me pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, Samsung Podcasts, at The Real Pineapple. If you got a question for me, got a review request, or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at jhunter at therealpineapple.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at jhunterrealpineapple. And you can follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. But uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm going to be, like I said, going to be hopping back on Twitch on the 9th. I will share that on my socials at what time that'll be. But again, thanks so much for tuning in. And never forget, as always, to keep it real. <laughs>